With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Every year, millions of Americans are exposed to a contagious virus. What is this virus? It's stigma. Stigma promotes an environment of shame, fear, and silence, which prevents millions of people from seeking help. But there's good news. The National Alliance on Mental Illness believes stigma towards mental illness is 100% curable. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to curestigma.org and get tested for stigma. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me. I would love to hear from you. My email address is SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Please send topics, discussions. You could win a prize. That's why you need to follow online. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, this morning I have a gentleman who started with one book and now he's going into a trilogy. He's the author of David Mogo, God Hunter, and he also has written some shorter things that have appeared in Lightspeed, uh, Nightmare, Strange Horizons, and other periodicals and anthologies. Um, he's a teacher as well, and he's a globetrotter from, like, Nigeria, Arizona, all over the place. Um, thankfully, he's here in Arizona, so the time difference isn't too great, but it is morning for him, so please be gentle. Uh, welcome to you, Davies Okumbola. <laughs> Thank you, Joey, for having me. Thank you uh, for writing the book so that I could speak with you. I mean, Wow. Uh, we were just speaking about how, you know, you did the one book, and now you're going into a trilogy. Before we start with that, let's just talk about you a little bit. This writing, when did you write your first story? Ooh. <laughs> um, I guess I must have been a teenager of sorts. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, put a pin on the exact time period, but um, <clears throat> my first thing that I can remember, like, putting down was, like, re like reimagining like bible stories in church <laughs> okay or like um the, the reading pleasure of like the youth groups that was a part of at the time um so i was i was living in benin city which is like south of nigeria and i was mm-hmm. like mm, you know maybe early secondary school and stuff so i was like really getting into a lot of like groups and stuff and one of the things that really spoke to me was like all the opportunity present, right, in all these stories, to tell the stories of, like, um, Jesus riding um, uh, a a donkey into 
you know, <clears throat> and like getting the palm fronts like put at feet, and I was like, what if I wrote the story from like the person who owned the donkey, from the point of view of the person who owned the donkey, or like the people putting the palm fronts mm. down, mm. putting the walk on, and stuff like that. So like, right, right, right. Um, yeah. So like that, I think penchant for like always thinking of the other opportunities present in story. You know, kind of like I really um, engaged with that there at that time. Um, of course, before much later, I started to do other things and eventually start to take writing and storytelling seriously. Um, but yeah, that taking that seriously came in around maybe 2012-ish. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And so how did you know it was good? Like, how did you know, like, I could make some money, somebody's going to read it? Um, did somebody mentor you? Uh, you know, did you have somebody guide you in terms of your writing and kind of look over stuff? Hmm. Uh, not 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 really not one person. Over the years, I've um, had various people that have been um, influential in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, some mm-hmm. of them personally, right? Would be um, some of them were just like friends, um, more more established writers I would meet somewhere. Some of them online, um, and they would just be like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And want to talk to me about what I was doing and what opportunities may have lain ahead. For me, and in some cases, they weren't even. I don't think they even knew they were doing that. So uh, I think this was in 2015-ish. I met Nadia Okorafor. Oh, um, okay. When she came to uh, Nigeria for like a book festival, and I was there, and um, I, I gave her like her. I think it was her book to sign. Um, well, I, you know, I just like purchased one of her books uh, at the time, and like I gave it to her to sign, and she was like doodling on the book. And also just like talking, <laughs> and she was just like, "Oh, what are you folks? Are you folks writers?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Okay, um, you know, like, what are you writing? What are you, you know?" And she was just like dishing out bits and pieces of advice, you know, in that right. moment that I'm pretty sure she doesn't remember. But like, I was like, "Oh, you know, like if she says it's possible, <laughs> then it probably is, and I should." Then probably... it's possible, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I had various moments like that with various people. Um, in many ways, but um, I, w- I would say I'm still I'm still like on that journey in some way. But yeah, I don't think there was this one point where it was like, okay, I'm going to do this now. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if there was any such point, I would say it was when I sold my first short story to like um, a magazine that paid me for it. Uh, okay. And I think yeah, I think this was sometime in 2015 or so. Uh, it, it was like uh, there's a there's a there's a company of podcasts called Escape Artists, and they publish. They have like various podcasts uh, where they publish like uh, book text and like uh, a, an audio version of stories. And and they had this new offshoot at the time, and they just like bought my. In my so what opinion, what was that story about? Story. Um, it was called Places, and it was in this like new flagship magazine called Mothership Zeta which I think like went on higher to not long after, but, but like the paid pro rates and everything. And it was like about, um, uh, sort of like alternate, uh, world, um, set like in a small city or small town or locale in Nigeria where, um, everybody has powers and the people who are, you know, different are those who don't, 
Yeah, so people who like their their superpowers don't manifest early or like manifest in the wrong way or something of the sort. And it was really mm-hmm. a story about like questioning what difference could look like in you know various ways and how like that could um, how that can be dealt with. Um, I think the main character in the story was supposed to have a certain kind of power, but then ended up having something that was supposedly wrong for their um, position for their gender and stuff okay. like that. And yeah, so yeah. they had to come up against, like, authorities who were like, okay, we have to think about putting you in a special program because you don't, like, fit the, you know, usual bill and stuff like that. So it was a very interesting study for me, at least at the time. That's almost what's going on in this first book here um, where Don, so if I'm saying the name correctly, the first that's character. That's correct, yes. Um, you know, he's like a, a, a mixed match because of his background, I guess genetic makeup, if you will, and mm-hmm. he's matched with his love. I'm putting that in air quotes. Yeah. And people, people, <laughs> people, people will understand that once they read it. And she's also yeah. mixed, mixed um, as well. Um, yeah. And and so that that first story almost seems like a prequel, if you will, to to this. Uh, what about this whole genre thing, though? This genre of superpowers, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you writing romance novels? I mean, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Or will you write yeah. a romance novel? Like, what 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 geared you toward this? Hmm. I, I think we've already, we're already touching on that in a bit. Of, you know, um, you know, you spotting that uh, a lot of, or like the first story I, I was speaking about, and this, you know, very very much later story have um, similarities in that way. Um, and the reason is because I think I've always been drawn to stories that tell um, a lot of, that, that tell stories about like multiplicity of like identity and like intersectionality and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So um, mm-hmm. people having various sides to themselves and almost like defying easy labels, um, easy um categorization and stuff like that because um as as I so I grew up in an academic my parents are both academics, right? So I grew up in a university but I also grew up in like a very small ish town um city in, in Benin City in South Nigeria, uh which is not really uh one that's known for like that kind of say um you know uh so like being academia in a city like that is is kind of like not run up the mill. Uh, and okay. I came from that kind of background, so I had like influences that were very different um, from the usual. And so, having to like engage, you know, always put me at odds with most of the people I would come across. Uh, mm. And I've also like traveled a lot. Um, well, not a lot, a lot, but like I've traveled a bit. Um, I've lived in many cities in Nigeria, and I've also like lived in cities in you know in the UK and the US and all that. And I said Globetrotter in the beginning. You you did hear that, right? Okay. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I don't know if you talked about that yet, but yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, in that way, I think a lot about, like, people who are, like, a makeup of various experiences and and what that often means when they come up against societies um, or spaces that are very um, traditional or or, or have a very, yeah, rigid, unitary definition of what, you know, the person or the self is going to be like. And so that's why, that's part of why I write um, circulated fiction, because each time I am almost always 
rethinking what that could look like in various, you know, forms of existences, right? Um, and speculative fiction across the board, um, science fiction, fantasy, you know, um, any form of like fiction that requires like imagination outside of the the borders of our current right existences and reality allows me to like shape right and reshape the world into whatever form that I want to, so that I can sort of like shine a light on this thing oh, in a in a yeah. very exactly in a different way. Um, well, I mean, you're doing it. You're doing this in the book because uh, right now I'm reading the book and I'm in America. And my parallels are, like, one, you're dealing with the issue of colorism. Yes. You know, that's a big issue in the African-American community here in the United States. But it's also in all parts of the globe. People don't realize that. In Brazil, yes. in Africa, in exactly. India, in, you know, the U.K., all over yep. colorism is an issue. And yes. um, you flipped it, though, because normally the lighter people are the people with the, like, well, you flipped it and you didn't, but like in the main city area, you know, the darker skinned individuals are like the high level people, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so when I was reading, I was like, oh, okay, I see you, I see that <laughs> flip. And then you know, the people that are lighter are, um, you know, are uh, outsiders. They're they're bad and they're evil and all these. They make up all these stories. So coming to that point. You know, making up stories, you know, what is true, what isn't true, and then right. learning for yourself. Here in America, we have this fake news trend that yes. was happening, <laughs> yeah. you know, with Donald Trump being president. Yeah. Um, how about you and your students? Have you talked to them about this book? Um, did you make them read it? And they, and they were like, ah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just no, but what about you and your parallels in, in your life? Right. Do you see these parallels happening, the colorism here in the United States, in Africa, um, the fake news issue, what's true, what's not, what's, you know, uh, a fairy tale? Yeah. Um, I, I often tell people I meet that the America feels a lot to me like Nigerian steroids. <laughs> it feels very similar. Um, a lot of the issues that are being battled with um, – you know, colorism, for instance, is a good example, is very much prevalent in Nigeria as well. Um, for for a long time, we had a, a um, like skin lightening product epidemic um, where like oh, it's still have, going on. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, like it's. I don't even know if it's as bad as it used to be, or maybe that's just like my kid brain really like blowing things because like back then there that's were like your kid brain. That's your kid brain. <laughs> it probably is. But, yeah, like, there used to be, like, campaigns on TV against, like, skin bleaching and stuff like that. They'd be like, don't do it. Um, but I think it's still going on, like, um, now, especially with, like, the rise of social media and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so, it, you know, that that was key for me. I was like, I want to talk about how, you know, it's it always seems like the discourse in America is always split across, like, racial lines. But, like, sometimes in many places around the world outside of America and even within there are other forms of like, um, like I, I think I tend to think of them as like invisible lines and like unwritten rules um, and how these things exist and some of them still exist around like skin shade and stuff like that. So I wanted to bring that to fore, but um, in a you know, you know, like design a society where those rules were like more overt and strict. Um, yeah, and there's yeah. also the issue of classism too. Like, and it reminded me of thinking about um, East Indian culture and you know. Yeah the untouchables and things like that and how exactly. people just were like, like Oboda, like that was just his job. Like he didn't seem to go 
past a certain point, and he and yeah. he was okay with that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the, the 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 seconds, if you will. I don't want to give away too yeah. too much of the book, but <laughs> but you know, there's love story, you know. There's there's um, learning of you know things that aren't true, yeah. uh, that you were taught your whole life were true. Um, yeah. There's um, this power. You go back to people having powers. Um, yeah. and, and who does have powers and who doesn't. So that's another right. thing. Like that first story you wrote is also apparent in this here because, right. um, what's her name, Leelong? Yeah. She talks about people who are automatically like just they got it, but then there are other people right. they got to be taught it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So now this is a trilogy, like we said. It's, it's part of the Nameless Republic Fantasy Trilogy. Um, yeah. why is it nameless? Why is, why is it nameless? Um, or can you so, tell me so, without giving away too much? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but yeah, I think, so, so this is, this is not news, I guess, but, um, one of the, this is not spoiler, what I mean. Um, but, yes. but one of the place, uh, spaces in this story, um, is called like, it's referred to as a nameless, as nameless because, most first of all, many people don't believe it exists. So that's um, one of the things this story is trying to like highlight as well as like the power of stories and like how myths and like um, stories can be like used to almost you know not almost like Surprise. erase right yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly how, like, yeah. The, the, you said the, it you can say it's a safe yeah. space here okay you you can say the word oppression it's all right nobody's gonna hurt yeah. you yeah exactly all right how like oppression and like you know, erasure and, and, and suppression don't always have to be, like, you know, uh, physical violence, but they can, like, verbal violence, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. It can be, like, in, in written stories, you know. And, and so that's part of the thing. So by calling this, these people nameless, it's like erasing their existence. You know, their island doesn't exist, the people don't exist, and they do, but, like, no one knows or cares because they're, you know, everyone just says, oh, the nameless place or whatever. Yeah, um, right. And so part of the story, you know, as the trilogy moves on, would be, you know, them trying to reclaim, you know, that, reclaim their name, reclaim their presence, reclaim themselves by, you know, like telling their stories and all of that. Uh, and that's kind of like where Danso comes in because Danso is a scholar. Um, but, yeah, it kind of like draws from there. But, like, um, the the continent as a whole where all of this is set, um, it, it's really making, it's really struggling for like naming. It, at the core, like everyone's trying to impress, you know, their themselves and who they are on the consciousness of others, uh, so everyone recognizes them. And they're doing that to various degrees. And the most successful in doing that sort of like becomes um, the most important sort of. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like it's it the nameless republic is supposed to be a representation of the fact that those who think they have the most power, um, only just like have it uh, have sort of like lost sight of the fact that of who they are, right? They're the real yeah. nameless people. They're the real nameless republic because they're trying so hard to impress. To like be a, something um, they're not really. Yeah, exactly. To like mm-hmm. impress like a, a wrongful story of others on everyone else, you know, and forgetting that they haven't really found their own selves in the light. Like, they have no self or identity because everything about them is false, right? So, right, so, right. Yeah, it's sort of like a juxtaposition of all these things. Uh, yeah. You also bring in environmental issues into um, 
the story and talking yeah. about the, 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 the land and the yeah. why people are um, at living certain places and can't do certain things. And yeah. um, almost like a, a Lee Long, when Lee Long starts talking about it, um, it's, it's, again, back to day, my day-to-day life, living in America and people talking right. about, you know, global warming. And it's like, yeah. it's not really happening. What are you talking about? It's not really <laughs> as, bad as, as bad as you think it is. But you know what I say? Like, you see one roach, you know there's a million. Like, yeah. why are you going to wait to call the exterminator when you start seeing a million roaches? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? you got to call the yeah. exterminator when you see one roach, you know? Yeah. And so um, I hate to use that analogy, but, I mean, I think they're thinking, like, oh, you know, ice kept melting one, but there's, like, things going on underneath, like, hello? Exactly, exactly. Um, um, I mean, was that purposeful? Did that come about as you were writing? Did you say, yes. I'm going to talk about the environment? <laughs> I, um, not really. I think it kind of came about while I was writing. Um, and the reason it came about is because I was um, – because a lot of this is borrowed from – um, there's a lot of discussion about like immigration, borders, um, who belongs mm-hmm. where, and stuff like that, yep. Uh, yep. and how like a lot of borders are like just artificial and arbitrary, right? Yeah, um, and mental mental borders, you know, yeah, exactly. borders we have, you know, exactly. in ourselves yeah. and the society makes them that put yeah. you in this box, and that's your border, and you can't go outside that border, and exactly. you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was like, um, you know, trying to re-examine that idea. And I think what I was trying to ask myself is what makes people, you know, like decide to move from their current position to another, right? Um, mm. So, you know, mentally even that also takes shape in the story because there, there are people who are like, I don't want to be in this place anymore that society has like drawn out for me I want to like move beyond it so in the same way I was thinking about the physical space who who migrates why uh, why do they why do people migrate to Basa which is the main city right when they know that when they get there they're going to be like indentured right uh, they know that but they go anyway um, what mm. would make them do that and so one of the things um, because I mean uh, the north of Nigeria is a very good example Nigeria has like uh, two very like distinct climatic regions. Um, the north is like desert-like, and the south is like more like rainforest, swampy type um, as you move further south. So um, mm. a lot of migration that happens from the north in Nigeria to the south happens for the same reason. People move for economic opportunities, but like also to like graze cattle because there's like more greenery in the south. And, mm-hmm. and like reasons. And all these things cause conflicts. A lot of Nigeria's conflicts are caused by you know, all, all these kinds of, like, unstructured migrations and stuff like that. So yeah. I um, mean, think about the Sudan, similar situation. Exactly. I mean, there's exactly. places all over. It's like resources, and who yep. has the most? And if you come over here, does that mean I'm going to have less resources now because exactly. you just came over here? You know, yeah. and then there's, like, the third party. Like, you know, like in the Sudan, like, uh, the Chinese own, like, one of the oil pipelines. Like, where the hell did they come from? You know, I, <laughs> I, I'm just saying in your story, like you were saying, not just the person who's writing the, you know, not just Jesus. You don't want to talk about just Jesus. You're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the animal he's riding on, who made the animal, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, mm-hmm. who, who, what's their story? I think that's what people really want to hear. And, and, and also like the underdog type of thing, you know, I think he's like an mm-hmm. underdog, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. Feel, yeah, he's an underdog. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I, that's pretty much how that came about. Um, 
because it, it's it's also very timely. Like the, the the Sahara Desert currently is you know like encroaching in on other areas, and so I mean, that's kind of like what I just thought about was like okay, so a lot of us say as Nigerians wouldn't see that because maybe we live further south. We're like, well, you know, they I hear global warming is happening somewhere, but like you know, it doesn't bother me right now, so I'm I'm fine. Until it goes. Exactly, and until it does. <laughs> so. So, yeah, that's kind of like what I decided was going to be part of the driving force for all these migrations that started that caused a lot of, like, friction between people. Do you have, um, like, a grid up somewhere on the wall? How do you keep track, like, oh, I already said that. I can't, I can't say that, um, you know, this creature lives over here because I already said that it lives in, in this island or, um, you know, she has the stones on the right side of her head. Um, yeah. And then in another <laughs> chapter I'm saying she has them on the left. Like, do you have yeah. some kind of grid or booklet that you keep? Because now this trilogy, you're going to have two other stories. You're going to have yeah. to go back. Um, yeah. And do you have people helping you, like, you know, editors, I'm sure, that kind of review? Exactly. Uh, it's more, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be come out straight and say it's more the editors than me <laughs> because I'm a mess. When it comes oh, my to God. What? I tend to um, – I mean, I do have – um, you know, structures for keeping those in place. I have, I have what I think of as a, like a world Bible um, where okay, I yeah. store, store all the information about the world, uh, especially stuff that's like easy to forget, you know, like where is this island? Is it on the west, is it on the east and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the mm-hmm. end, what happens during, your, um, during the book edits is um, an, a copy editor would come in and like give you a sort of like um, resource document that contains everything that you have said, you know, where, okay. where does the sun rise, where, where are the mountains um, situated, stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. and and then when you go astray somewhere, they'll be like, no, no, you know, that's not it. <laughs> they would point it out. So they're like the, <laughs> they're like the, the writing the police. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what they do. In a good way, in a good way, because they'd be like, um, you can't do that because and book that that character's already dead, and you'd be like, oh right. Um, yeah, but I it's a soap opera. Yeah, you can bring them back to life. You tell them that. Like, <laughs> you know, the soap opera, like you know, the person got run over by the car, and, and yeah. you know, they, they went to the funeral, and then like the next season, they're like, oh my god, they're in the closet. What the hell? I know, right? Anyway. Those were the well, best times. Yes. <laughs> we just take it in stride. Oh, my God. Well, see, this has been great speaking with you. I can't wait till the second book comes out. You're going to have to come back on. Um, <laughs> we're, we're getting close to running out of time. But I, I love talking with you about the book. I, I can't wait. Thank I'm going to give away some copies of your book. So oh, uh, I want to encourage people to follow me on social media. Give them your social media, where are you and your, your names um, on social media. Oh, I'm I'm on Twitter and Instagram mostly. Um, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm at I am Sui Davies, but like if you just search Sui Davies Okumbo, you find it. Uh, and on Instagram, I'm at just Sui Davies. Um, but pretty much the same. If you search, you find it. Yeah, and he also has a website. He forgot to mention that. He's just so humble. Oh, I do. <laughs> and, and he has like you know all these like press clips and everything. I mean, you know, quotes and stuff. <laughs> You know, minor detail. I just want to put that in there. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you again. And, again, please come back, and, and we'll talk about the um, second book, okay? Sure. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you very much. All right. You have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with um, author C.U. Davies Okumboa.
about his book, Son of the Storm. I'm going to be giving away some copies, so follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. Also, stay tuned. We were able to connect with um, the singer, Sissy, and so we're going to talk with her in a couple minutes. All right? Talk to you later. Stigma may not directly affect you, but it harms the one in five Americans living with mental health conditions. Which prevents millions of people from seeking help. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to CureStigma.org and get tested for stigma. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.